is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Do we really have to listen to former special agents and ballistic experts and others on the U-2 building shooting? As best as we can tell, and I really wish they'd stick to the news and not commentary on this. A woman walked into YouTube or was outside in, a, uh, in an eating area. And according to the news, shot four people. And the way it's being reported is she shot four people, including herself, a self-inflicted wound which killed her. The reports are that there's one in critical condition and one in serious condition, and then two apparently are injured but okay. Now, if I count that, that's five, not four. Right? If one's in critical, one's serious, and two apparently okay but wounded in some way, that's four plus the shooter who uh, committed suicide and uh, with a self-inflicted uh, gunshot wound on the scene. Here is the, uh, the San Bruno, California police chief. Go. At 12.46 p.m. this afternoon, San Bruno Police Department received numerous 911 calls regarding gunshots at the YouTube campus located on Cherry Avenue in our city. Uh, San Bruno Police arrived on scene at 12.48 and uh, at, uh, immediately began a search uh, for a possible shooter or suspect. Um, upon arrival, officers encountered numerous employees fleeing from the building. Uh, it was very chaotic, as you can imagine. Um, we did encounter one victim with an apparent gunshot wound uh, towards the front of the business as we arrived. Uh, several minutes later, while conducting a search of the premises, uh, officers located a second uh, individual with a gunshot wound that appears to uh, may have been self-inflicted. We are still working on confirming that. Um, two additional victims were uh, located um, several minutes later uh, at an adjacent business. Um, the, the extent of all of the injuries of our victims um, are, are unknown right now. They were all transported for emergency medical care, um, but they are all unknown. So if I miss that, we, um, we have four victims um, who have all been transported for, uh, for gunshot-related injuries, and we have one subject um, who's uh, deceased inside the uh, building uh, with a self-inflicted wound that at this time uh, we believe to be the shooter, but we're still following up on that. Um, Multiple law enforcement agencies have responded to assist. We're very grateful for everyone's help and assistance. Uh, we could not have responded and accomplished this without everybody's help. Uh, this is an active event and an active investigation, and uh, numerous uh, uh, 
law enforcement personnel from numerous different local agencies are still conducting a search of the business just to make sure that uh, that it is clear. We conducted a uh, a quick, immediate uh, uh, search of the premises um, when the first officers arrived as pursuant to our active shooter protocol. And after that search was concluded, now we're going through with a methodical, slow search just to make sure that we cover all the bases. All right. And the L.A. Times is reporting that this may have been a domestic dispute. Obviously, additional people shot, too. That's all we know. That's all we know right now. I will be here for three hours. And if we learn more, I will tell you exactly what the facts are. I don't need to bring in experts. I don't need to bring in commentators. We're not going to run verbal loops, the same thing over and over and over again. Already MSNBC has its gun control people ready. This absolute buffoon, uh, Stephen Schmidt, on MSNBC today. You know what? Let, let's go ahead. This guy doesn't know a single fact at the time he makes this comment. Right, Mr. Producer? He apparently lives at MSNBC. They'd probably give him a uh, sleeping bag. And he's a Republican or former Republican consultant. Cut 12. Go. Politicians um, who say, for example, we can't talk about this moment of connection between insane or evil person and uh, high capacity uh, automatic or semi-automatic weapon. Uh, It's just stupid. And when people get voted out of office and on the supply and demand curve, that balance changes. Uh, You'll see some changes to, you know, to the to the gun laws. Now, he said this in reaction to the shooting, Rich. The ignorance uh, of, of, uh, of the gun control crowd, of the left, of the media, the irresponsibility of MSNBC, having this guy on there commenting who has no facts, no background, no experience, is just par for the course in this country. It's par for the course in this country. You know, before this shooting, I was thinking about it, and we're going to talk about it today. Look, look at the... Look at what's going on in our society and who's causing these issues. You know, teachers are striking all over the country, the NEA and the AFT, which are basically appendages of the Democrat Party. They have millions of members who work the precincts on Election Day and the day before Election Day. I think they call it in-service day. And they give most, the vast majority of their money, well over 90%, the Democrat candidates... They push Democrat positions. They're calling strikes throughout so-called red states. West Virginia got hit. Oklahoma's now hit. Kentucky's hit. Arizona's going to get hit. Then you look at sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. Utter lawlessness. So shutting down school systems, shutting down our schools... Opening our borders wide to foreigners from any part of the world with any kind of background. And then giving them sanctuary, even criminals, especially criminals. Look at the border situation. The president of the United States. He's the only branch of government trying to secure our border. Congress isn't trying to secure our border. These Republicans in the House and Senate voted for a budget that made sure the border wouldn't be secured. We have federal judges, self-appointed for life, 
plucked out of obscurity. We have federal district judges who issue opinions. There's about a thousand of them. That is judges. And then blanket the country with their opinions. Like somebody elected them or they represent the republic or they're actually uh, upholding the constitution. When these are leftists in black robes abusing their power. The attacks undermining our police officers. People don't remember what took place in Baltimore. Baltimore is being depopulated. People don't want to live there anymore. They're leaving because of what took place in that city just a few years ago. They're leaving. These are all the result of progressivism. All the result of the Democrat Party and in part the Republican Party. You don't see conservatives doing these things. You don't see mass lawlessness by conservatives. You don't see conservative mayors and governors claiming sanctuary status for this, that, or the other thing. You don't see them refusing to secure the southern border. You got border governors who want to secure the border. And you don't see conservative constituency groups striking all over the country, making sure children aren't educated. The tumult that's caused in this country, the tumult, the ripping at the fabric of this nation, the undermining of our values and our belief systems, whether it's bathrooms or gyms, whatever it is, comes from the progressives. And I have to say, while I strongly disagree with the president on his attacks on specific companies like Amazon driving down their stock and this constant comment about them costing the post office money, well, then Amazon ought to use UPS and FedEx and all the other delivery services, DHL, Because the post office will tell you, no, we're making money off these packages. We've got UPS drivers, FedEx drivers, DHL drivers who wouldn't even have jobs if it wasn't for Amazon. And I could go down the list. So while I strongly disagree with the president on this, he has taken exceptional leadership in trying to secure this border. He has fought for the wall. He has demanded money for the wall. He was undermined by his own party. Undermined by his own party. He's prepared to use the military (coughs) to back up the border patrol. And I'll explain what is legal in that regard in a moment. He's trying to secure this border. He's trying to prevent this spectacle. This concoction. This left-wing effort to charge the border with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of aliens from Honduras. He's trying to keep our neighborhoods safe. In his fight with California, California has de facto seceded from the nation in many respects. It has de facto seceded from the nation. And let me be the first one to put that marker out there. 
It doesn't follow our immigration laws. It's got two dozen lawsuits against the federal government. It has undermined our constitutional system, the way it's set up. It nullifies laws. And if California keeps doing this, it will have seceded not in, you know, in in form, if not in fact. And you have a president of the United States who's fighting it. I mean, he deserves credit when credit is due. He deserves credit where credit is due. And he does in this regard. But I just want you to look at the country. Look at the country. Look at the forces that are arrayed to disrupt this society. And look at the institutions. The media. The media are not what the media was 10 years ago. I'm not talking about technology and competition and the number of platforms. I'm talking about the media are not what the media were 10 years ago. Were they liberal? Of course they were liberal. But they pretended not to be. Now they don't even pretend it. Now you have Cuomo as a host. Out of the closet. The whole lineup at CNN. They've abandoned any any notion of being a news operation. Any notion of being a news operation. Look at MSNBC. It's an offshoot, or if you will, an appendage of NBC News. Look at that lineup. It's not just Democrat, it's kook Democrat. And not only that, you got a guy like Scarborough. You can't have a news operation with a fool like him. Or Al Sharpton, as detestable as he is. Or Chris Matthews, a former hack for Carter and Tip O'Neill. Or Rachel Maddow, another leftist. It's not a news operation. They don't have an equivalent of a Shep Smith over there. More on the conservative side for a left-wing operation like MSNBC. Shep Smith being a liberal. But you know what? I'm watching the guy do the news in their shooting. When he doesn't get in political commentary, which is awful. When he does the news and just sticks with the news, he's a good news guy. Who's the good news guy over at MSNBC? Who's the good news guy over at CNN? Who are they? Acosta? Again, I'm saying news when he sticks to the news. But look what's going on in this society. And then, and then I watch this MSNBC show where this host pops up, dumb as can be, and she's going on about the rebellion, the teacher rebellion. I can remember several years ago when I talked about the rise of the Tea Party and the Tea Party rebellion. Remember this, Mr. Producer? I was attacked, I was accused of promoting violence. Violence. I've never promoted violence. Ever. But now the so-called hosts and newsreaders use the very language of the radical left because they're of the radical left or they're sympathetic to the radical left. So look what's going on in this country. Some of us defend tradition. Some of us defend our belief system. We're not the ones pulling down statues. We're not the ones demanding that 
Karl Marx's name be ripped from every building, be ripped from every book? That any statue with a leftist like him be torn down? We're not the ones burning books, if you will. We're not the ones demanding that leftists on college campuses shut their mouths. We're not the ones demanding that only left-wing professors should be tenured and should teach. They are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Special counsel. There's nothing special about him. He was investigating essentially the Republican Party, the Republican candidate. Wow, you got to give the guy credit. Uh, a Dutch lawyer is the first to be jailed as a result of this investigation. And uh, he's going to be jailed for 30 days and a $20,000 fine for lying to the special counsel. So he really nabbed a big wig there. So this guy, the Dutch lawyer, uh, is jailed for 30 days for lying to Mueller and fined $20,000. And he's a London-based lawyer. Uh, so uh, there you go. Mueller and his team of Democrat prosecutors. Now, don't get me wrong. He's, he's trying to hunt the big fish. He's trying to hunt the big fish. He's not trying to pursue justice. He's, he's out trying to hurt the president. There's no question about that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. The president today... Really standing up against uh, very strong winds. Winds are just just incredible that a country that doesn't want to survive, apparently a political class that, that doesn't want the country to survive. Here's in part what the president said today about the border. Cut one, go. First of all, the border. Uh, the Mexican border is very unprotected by our laws. We have horrible, horrible and very unsafe laws in the United States, and we're going to be able to... Uh, do something about that hopefully soon. Hopefully Congress will get their act together and get in and create some very powerful laws like Mexico has and like Canada has and like almost all countries have. We don't have laws. We have catch and release. You catch and then you immediately release and people come back years later for a court case except they virtually never come back. Now, for those leftists who say the president doesn't know what he's talking about, the president knows exactly what he's talking about. Every subject, they say, you know, he doesn't study it, he doesn't know it. Obviously, he's a quick study. And he has perfectly explained in 35 seconds what the problem is. Cut to go. So what we are preparing for the military to secure our border between Mexico and the United States, uh, we have a meeting on it in a little while with General Mattis and everybody, and uh, I think that it's something we have to do. Now, the caravan, which is uh, over a 1,000 people coming in from Honduras, thought they were going to just walk right through Mexico and right through the border. As you know, uh, NAFTA is a phenomenal deal for Mexico. It's been a horrible deal for the United States. We're renegotiating it now. But it has been a horrible, horrible, embarrassing deal for the United States. This should have been terminated or renegotiated many years ago. 
Mexico. We have a trade deficit with Mexico of over $100 billion a year. And I told Mexico yesterday that because of the fact that their laws are so strong, they can do things about it that hard to believe the United States can't. I said, I hope you're going to tell that caravan not to get up to the border. And I think they're doing that because as of 12 minutes ago, it was all being broken up. We'll see what happens. But we have to have strong borders. We need the wall. We've started building the wall. As you know, we have a billion six toward building the wall and fixing existing wall that's falling down. It was never appropriate in the first place. Now, let's get to his Mexico point. He's exactly right. I've done shows on what the Mexican immigration laws are. Now, they've since, quote-unquote, reformed them, but they are very tough. They do not allow chain migration. Mexico does not allow chain migration, if you will. That is in specific cases. And the complete fraud here is, how is it that these people are marching up through Central America? They're marching through Mexico to come to the United States. That's not a refugee. That's not a refugee escaping their country, escaping crime. These are people who want to come to the United States. That's quite different, isn't it? They can stay in Mexico. But no. They want to come here. Why? Because they've been counseled. They've been counseled on this catch and release that's been going on now for years and years. Now, cut three. Go ahead. We are going to be doing some things. I've been speaking with General Mattis. We're going to be doing things militarily. Until we can have a wall and proper security, we're going to be guarding our border with the military. That's a big step. We really haven't done that before, or certainly not very much before. But we will be doing things with Mexico, and they have to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to do the NAFTA deal. Now, we actually have some conservatives, libertarians, liberals, who are very concerned about militarizing our border. But we're not militarizing our border. We're not allowed to militarize our border. That's not what's taking place here. There is a law called the Posse Comitatus Act that does not allow us to militarize internal law enforcement aspects of our country. And so we don't. But the military is able to back up the Border Patrol. There's nothing threatening about that. You see, states can't protect the borders. The national government has to protect the borders. This isn't a matter of federalism or states' rights. This isn't a civil liberties issue. Of course, the National Guard or other troops, but most cases it's the National Guard, which, of course, begin with the states, but ultimately work for the president can back up the Border Patrol. It's been done before. It's been done by Barack Obama. It's been done by George W. Bush, two open borders advocates. It's clearly legal. The primary restriction, according to the Congressional Research Service, pointed out by TPM, on military participation in civilian law enforcement activities is the Posse Comitatus Act. 
It prohibits the use of the Army and Air Force to execute the domestic laws of the United States, except where expressly authorized by the Constitution or Congress. Exactly. Now, that law has been further applied to the Navy and Marine Corps by legislative and administrative supplements. 10 United States Code Section 375 directs the Secretary of Defense to promulgate regulations forbidding the direct participation, the direct participation, by a member of the armed forces in a search, seizure, arrest, or other similar activity during support activities to civilian law enforcement agencies. I agree with that. I agree with the existing law. Defense issued Directive 5525.5, which outlines its policies and procedures for supporting federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. Prohibits the following forms, prohibits, of direct assistance. One, interdiction of a vehicle, vessel, aircraft, or other similar activity. Two, a search or seizure. Three, an arrest, apprehension, stop and frisk, or similar activity. And four, use of military personnel in the pursuit of individuals. Stop and frisk. Similar activities, undercover agents, informants, investigators, interrogators. It's generally accepted that the law does not apply to the actions of the National Guard when not in federal service. As a matter of policy, National Guard regulations stipulate its personnel are not, except for exigent circumstances, or otherwise authorized to participate directly in the direct in the search or arrest of suspects in the general public. So the military can be deployed for support services. Surveillance backing up the Border Patrol and so forth. And they have a fairly uh, clear mandate, as has been applied before. So the president is absolutely on solid constitutional ground. The president is absolutely on solid legal ground to do what he wants to do. And yet he's being attacked for this. Here's Representative Francis Rooney, Republican of Florida. It's really a rhino. Cut four, go. I don't really think, I feel really comfortable with deploying military troops and creating the uh, possibility for a, a increased in, increase in violence and an escalation of the conflict. I mean, these, these people should be stopped at the border and vetted out just the normal process. And we should have plenty of agents down there to do that. I would rather have the dealings with immigration be handled in a civil context and not a military one. It is. See, he doesn't understand this posse comitatus law. It is going to be handled in a civilian context. And if we do what you say, these people will be on the streets within days of the United States in the shadows at the 7-Eleven. You finally have a leader who wants to stand up to this. This is anarchy. Anarchy. We have people within our country trying to destroy it from within by supporting organizations that are doing exactly what's being done here. It's appalling. No society can, can uh, survive with this sort of stuff going on. None of them. Now let's go back to this guy, Steve Schmidt. This hack. Who uh, ha- apparently sleeps in a sleeping bag at MSNBC. Cut six, Mr. Producer, go. 
Because at the end of the day, the absurdity of this is there's zero net illegal immigration coming over that border into the United States. Zero. The illegal immigration problem in this country is caused by visa overstays, chiefly by people who arrive at, say, JFK or Newark or SFO or any one of the other international airports. This is a solution for a problem that, in fact, doesn't exist. Meaning the military. Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't exist. But you see, net, net, you see, uh, there's really nobody coming over the border illegally. This is how a fool, a East Coast fool, thinks. He doesn't live on the border. He has no intention of spending time on the border. And so we now have this grand, I won't even call it a conspiracy, coalition is the right word, this grand coalition of Democrats and Republicans who don't want to do anything effective to secure our border. Nothing. That's why that massive spending bill, that massive spending bill made it almost impossible for the president to do anything significant to build a wall and to protect the border, which is why it was so outrageous that he signed that bill. That he signed the bill. That handcuffs him today. Really absurd. But we can't even agree to secure our country. We can't even agree to secure the border. We can't even agree that people who are illegally and commit crimes should be reported to the Fed so they can be deported. We can't even agree that people who are not citizens shouldn't vote. Because the Democrat Party and the progressive movement and Republicans like this guy Schmidt and the media are in the tank. They're in the tank pushing an agenda that is anti-American. That's right, I said it. They're pushing an agenda that is anti-American. How the hell else do you explain this? How the hell else do you explain it? Criminals in our cities protected. Turning the Constitution upside down when it comes to immigration. Whining and complaining that the military should back up the Border Patrol when it's been done under Obama and George W. Bush and is perfectly legal and constitutional. Passing the most egregious spending bill in American history that specifically prevents us from securing our border. If this isn't anti-American, then what the hell is? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tell me something, Mr. Producer. What kind of genius would run the Rangers hockey game? Rangers aren't even in the playoffs, are they? Would run the Rangers hockey game when there is a shooting, when there is tumult on the border, when there's all kinds of issues going on out there. Obviously a programming giant. Absolute genius. I'll leave it there. Maybe next time I won't. The head of FEMA says a culture of preparedness is needed to overcome his administration's failures and prevent further devastation. 
a culture of preparedness. Hurricanes and wildfires are only weeks away from being in season. For things like earthquakes or power grid attacks, there's virtually no warning. And the Russians are getting very good at these power grid attacks. Now, what does that mean? It means that the best time to prepare is today. Before the emergency. Start with emergency food storage. I trust my Patriot Supply. They've helped millions get prepared over the past decade, including me. Their 72-hour emergency food supply is only $17.76 each, plus free shipping. Take action right now. It's simple. Call their toll-free number, 800-294-2325. Or use this special website, preparewithmark.com. The food is really good. And it last 25 years in storage. Three days of food is the bare minimum FEMA recommends for each American. Order your food kits right now. Just give them a call, 800-294-2325, or preparewithmark.com. Make sure everyone in your family has one of these. It's the least you can do. 800-294-2325, or preparewithmark.com. Scott Pruitt is the administrator of the EPA. He is an outstanding administrator. He's solidly conservative. And this is what the media and the left and the bureaucracy do to people who run the EPA and who are conservatives. They try and run them out of town. So they're concerned about his travel. They're concerned about where he sleeps. Who he rents the apartment from. And they create this, this aura, this environment of scandal and unethical activity swirling around this guy. Because they want Trump to get rid of him. They want the bureaucracy to control the EPA. And they will never, ever in the Senate confirm anybody as solid as Scott Pruitt. Now that's the facts. That's what's going on. I've seen this done before. Do you like the associate Supreme Court justice? Neil Gorsuch. Well, Mr. Gorsuch's mother was uh, head of the EPA, she being from Colorado. They chased her out of town. They chased her out of town. Day in and day out, drum beats, beating up on her, beating up on her, beating up on her. Now, Todd Whitman, the former governor of New Jersey and a leftist when it comes to uh, environmental issues, they loved her, so they left her alone. All the crazy Democrats who have run the EPA, who have violated the Federal Records Act, who destroyed records in response to FOIA requests, and I should know because Landmark was involved in this litigation more than once. They were never accused of unethical activity. They were never forced to resign. Carol Browner and the rest of them. Never. Let me tell you what Scott Pruitt has not done. He didn't authorize the arming of drug gangs in Mexico, resulting in the death of an American hero. He didn't undermine law enforcement in Baltimore, resulting in the depopulation of that city. And I could go on and on and on. He wasn't involved in 
criminal activity, in my view, related to uh, Internal Revenue Service records. He had nothing to do with Benghazi. But now he's uh, the number one uh, violator of ethics rules, they say. No, he's not. No, he's not in the least. They're trying to push him out. Hope the president stands with this guy, because he's not going to get anything better. The only thing I'll get is much worse. Much worse. Lots more to get to, ladies and gentlemen. I shall return. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, so what the president seeks to do on our southern border is not unprecedented. It was done by Obama. It was done by George W. Bush, two open border advocates. And you notice in many of these areas, Trump is simply trying to clean up after disastrous presidential policies, whether it's North Korea, whether it's Iran, whether it's China, whether it's Russia, whether it's our southern border and immigration, sanctuary cities. And the work is enormously difficult. Enormously difficult. Because we have exactly what the framers feared. We have a president of the United States elected by the people who is surrounded by these entrenched permanent forces. A permanent massive bureaucracy supported by a permanent media. It's just incredible to witness this, the unraveling of your own country. By the way, today is Tuesday. Now, Tuesday morning, just give you a little inside baseball. The television ratings come out for the weekend shows. Now, I have my little Fox show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific on Sundays. We have not lost yet an overall viewership to anybody on cable. CNN, MSNBC doesn't even exist for all intents and purposes. It was Easter weekend. 
Was Sunday Easter, Mr. Producer? The answer is yes, of course. So what's CNN running? They're continuing their 400-part series on the Pope. I beat the CNN program. I beat the Pope. He could hear a pin drop. Could hear a pin drop. Five weeks in a row. Five weeks in a row and almost no promotion on Fox. That's pretty incredible. And you know why that is? It's because of you. We've now turned the 10 p.m. slot on Fox into a real programming slot. Like we did the 6 p.m. slot, East Coast time, on radio. Again, thanks to you. And you're watching the show, and your comments on Facebook and Twitter, I can't thank you enough. You want thoughtful discussions. You want some substance. You don't want a lot of yelling and screaming and interference with 15 different guests. You say it over and over and over again, which is why at 10 p.m. on Sunday on the East Coast, so many of you are tuning in. Now, we had Easter Sunday. We had major network TV things going on. We had the CNN documentary. And we still have over a million viewers at 10 p.m. on Sunday. Some parts during the show, 1.2 million. Now, this should prove to all the geniuses who program TV that the American people do, in fact, hunger for knowledge. They hunger to listen to serious people. They don't want to listen to backbencher politicians and consultants and made-up people who show up on TV for the purpose of filling time and screaming at each other over nothing. Imagine if this 10 p.m. show was aired at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Or on Saturday, seriously, with little or no promotion, other than by me, of course. And guess who our next guest is? Have I announced this already, Mr. Producer? I think I may have. Sarah Palin. I haven't seen her anywhere, or certainly haven't seen her in many places. So I very, very much look forward to that. Very much look forward to that. And she'll be able to speak without tricks and gimmicks by the questioner, being me, without trying to undermine her or besmirch her. I want to hear what she has to say. She was our vice presidential candidate. Ten times smarter than Joe Biden could ever be, quite frankly. We're going to have wonderful guests. We keep lining them up. I don't want to announce them too early. Some are entertainers. Some are intellectual giants, many of whom you haven't heard of before because they're just not talked about. Some are in politics, but I don't want to bring people on who you see all the time. Because what's the point of that? Unless they have something really interesting to say, and they've never really been given an opportunity to say it. Now, the President of the United States is doing two things, one of which I strongly agree with, another of which I strongly disagree with. 
he continues to attack Amazon and he's driving down the price of their stock. I think that's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And somebody's feeding him disinformation about the Postal Service and Amazon. The Postal Service loves Amazon. So much so that they now do Sunday deliveries because they make money off of Amazon. They make money off of Amazon. The Postal Service loses money with first-class mail. Amazon doesn't use first-class mail. And the Postal Service problems started long before Amazon became as big as it is. They have massive pension problems. Massive pension problems, among other things. And one of the reasons is they're not allowed to conduct their accounting activities the way the rest of the federal government does. They actually have to put their pensions, their pension obligations, on their books. Did you know the rest of the federal government does not? The rest of the federal government does not. They don't put it on their books as a debit. The Postal Service must. And the president, who says that he wants to represent the forgotten man, a term used to describe uh, the New Deal, uh, what does he consider UPS drivers? Or Federal Express drivers? Or all the delivery services out there? These are great jobs. I have these, these fellows who come to my door. They deliver things. They're nice. They're smart. They make a good living. They work very, very hard. Well, I would suggest that a whole ton of them would be out of business. If the president has his way with Amazon. On the one hand, he puts tariffs in place, he says, to protect American businesses. On the other hand, he's trashing one of the most successful American businesses. Amazon is not a monopoly. If you think it's a monopoly, you don't understand what a monopoly is. Amazon is in many, many businesses. But it's not a monopoly. It doesn't control all consumer access to books. It doesn't control all consumer access to food. And I go all down the list. Amazon is big because you've made it big. Because you sit at your computer or your handheld device or whatever you use, and you order stuff off of Amazon. If you stopped ordering stuff off of Amazon, Amazon would shrink and go away. But why would you? There's the whole world at your fingertips. The whole world at your fingertips. If you want to go to brick-and-mortar stores, go to brick-and-mortar stores. If a brick-and-mortar store wants to, to sell online, they can sell online. Leave people alone and let them do what they want to do. Amazon is a success story. And there are competitors out there, and there, and there can be more competitors out there. You don't know where the next Bezos is or the next Gates, or the next this, that, and the other. And how many businesses, small businesses included, people who operate out of their basements or operate out of their bedrooms to get us 
to get a start, who can't afford a lease or can't afford to buy a building. Entrepreneurs. We have no idea how many entrepreneurs have been launched through Amazon. But I'll bet there's a lot. Like eBay, excuse me, like eBay, like Craigslist, like all the rest of them. These are good things. These are good things. And we certainly can't have a president who's deciding winners and losers. He's decided he doesn't like the fact that some malls are shut down or some retail stores are shut down. I don't like it either. But that's not my responsibility to control it, and it's certainly not the president's. It's certainly not the president's. And I don't know how many more times I have to say this. Amazon pays taxes. If states have a sales tax and they apply it to Amazon, Amazon pays it. Last time I saw, there's 45 states that require Amazon to pay taxes, and they pay sales taxes. And they pay shipping fees. There's no unfair playing field here. The Amazon model is completely different than the brick-and-mortar retail model. It's not a matter of a fair playing field. They're on two different fields altogether. It's like comparing ice hockey to basketball. One has nothing to do with the other. If there are more people viewing basketball than ice hockey, and I don't know that to be the case, but just as an example, you can't say, that's not fair. We need a fair playing field here. We need a level playing field. One has nothing to do with the other. Yes, they're both sports. Yes, they have athletes. Yes, they have arenas. But they're different. And people can decide whether they want to watch one or watch both or pay for tickets or do whatever they want. Some things aren't meant to be forever. This broad stroke where we're saying all brick-and-mortar stores, but it's not all brick-and-mortar stores. It's some. Some brick-and-mortar store. But I really am frustrated when the president sounds like Bernie Sanders. I really am. I really am. This progressivism and national populism... As I've said now for how long? Two years almost? They overlap. They overlap. And in this respect, they're not about liberty and individual decisions and so forth and so on. And I don't trust the government to govern these sectors of our economy. Why would I trust politicians and bureaucrats to do that? They can't even do what they're supposed to do, like secure the border. So I strongly disagree with the president on this, and now I've said it for a couple of weeks, so I'm not going to beat the drum here, but there's something the president is doing that I like a great deal. And that is he's putting the screws to China. Mark, I thought you were a free trader. I am a free trader. I am a free trader. But free traders, properly understood, Do not support arming enemies. Do not support giving technology to the enemy. Do not support the enemy stealing our technology. That's not free trade. That's not capitalism. That's theft. 
That's stealing. That's ripping us off. And it's enough already with the Chinese government. Look at their military. Damn it, we built their military. Look at their technology sector. We built their technology sector. It was a backwards, third world, communist dictatorship, just like all the rest of them. So they got good at stealing. Now you want to attack our companies? There are reasons to attack our companies. Not because they're good at what they do, but because they cut deals with the Chinese state government. And take our technology and give it to the communist regime. Then then turns around and uses it for its military infrastructure and R&D. That is a national security threat. That is a direct national security threat. And we have company after company after company that is so desperate to do business in China. They're selling us out. It has nothing to do with trade. That's not free trade. That's not lawful trade. When you're getting around our export controls that are in place at the Commerce Department and the State Department, and you're giving the Chinese military our technology that we invested in, that we developed, because you know they demand it. I talked about this the other day. They set up these Chinese phony state local companies. And if a Boeing goes into China, or a technology company goes into China, Apple, whatever, they have to partner with these Chinese state-run companies. And they have to give their technology, their proprietary information, to their partners. Partners, quote-unquote. And the Chinese steal it. And we have a president who's had enough of it. We have a president who said, this isn't going to go on like this. We've got to figure out a way to stop this. And the president is going to target Chinese electronics, aerospace, and machinery goods with $50 billion in tariffs. Remember I said these across-the-board tariffs are destructive to America. But these focused attacks on Chinese industries that have stolen technology from us are perfectly fine by me. The next step is to go after their banks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Man, I got a lot to cover. We'll do our best. I want to take as many calls as I can. You know, there's a writer for the New York Times, a columnist by the name of Thomas Friedman. I think he's received about 412 Pulitzer Prizes, which tells you how bad the Pulitzer Prize is. How meaningless. Much like the Nobel Peace Prize that gave Barack Obama the Peace Prize, I think, before he uh, knew where the bedroom was in the uh, White House. So these prizes, not all the time, but often go to liberals, of course. Thomas Friedman is a pseudo-intellectual. Thomas Friedman uh, claims, or in some ways he's labeled as a foreign policy expert. 
He's just your typical phony intellectual clown. And I'm going to prove that point when we return. Uh, because he was again on the Morning Schmo show. And the Morning Schmo only brings people on his program who are going to agree with him and trash the president. I'll be right back. America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right, Hillsdale College. You know, Hillsdale is educating millions of Americans on freedom and the Constitution, economics, history, other areas through their free online courses. Many of you have taken one. They also teach congressional staff and other leaders constitutional principles at the Hillsdale Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., where there's a copy of the Federalist Papers. And I'm sure you've heard how Hillsdale's partnering with charter schools, too. And how every student on their main campus is required to study the Constitution, regardless of whether they're major in music or chemistry, mathematics, English, or anything else. Hillsdale does all this as part of their mission to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty, to help Americans become better citizens, to preserve freedom. Now they're sending a copy of the Constitution and Declaration to every middle and high public school principal in America, along with an offer to provide free copies for every student. Learn how you can help in this effort. It's an important effort. And how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's pocket Constitution to keep or give away at levinforhillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, if you haven't checked out their website, it's really quite remarkable. May I encourage you to do that? levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Mueller probe. And by the way, it does seem like a probe. Doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Get my drift? Like a uh, prostate probe, if you will. Well, Mr. Mueller and his Democrat prosecutors have responded to Mr. Manafort's lawyers who said, look, a lot of what this guy Manafort's doing, excuse me, uh, Mueller is doing, is unconstitutional. He doesn't have the power to do these things. Um The Attorney General of the United States recused himself from matters involving the campaign and collusion. And many of these charges against me, Manafort's lawyer, and Manafort says, many of these charges have nothing to do with that. So uh, Mueller has replied. And it's covered by Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein authorized the special counsel's office to investigate former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort's Ukraine lobbying activities, as well as possible collusion with Russian government officials, according to a court filing late Monday night. Now, let's stop there. The point is that Rod Rosenstein is the acting attorney general for the purposes related to the attorney general's recusal. He has no more power to go outside the boundaries of that recusal than Mr. Mueller does. 
He's the deputy attorney general for all other purposes. So if he authorized Mr. Mueller to investigate Mr. Manafort's Ukraine lobbying activities, even though Mueller makes his best effort and his Democrat prosecutors doing their filings to tie that to Russian collusion and so forth and so on, it's out of bounds. Now, I don't know what this court will decide. I'm just telling you it's out of bounds. Special counsel Robert Mueller made the revelation in order to defend the scope of the investigation against a motion that Mueller filed on March 14 to dismiss his case. Manafort argued that Rosenstein's May 17, 2017 appointment of the special counsel only allowed Mueller to investigate alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government and not his pre-election political consulting work. Manafort, a longtime Republican lobbyist, noted that his consulting work in Ukraine occurred well before he joined the Trump campaign in April 2016. But Mueller's team pointed to an August 2, 2017 memo written by Rosenstein laying out the scope of Mueller's mandate. Again, the issue is the Constitution and the law, not Rosenstein's uh, uh, laying out the scope of the mandate, in my opinion. Because Rosenstein laid out a scope that's way too broad. In the heavily redacted memo, Rosenstein granted Mueller authority to investigate allegations that Manafort, quote, committed a crime or crimes by colluding with Russian government officials, unquote, to interfere with the 2016 election, as well as crimes, quote, arising out of payments he received from the Ukrainian government before and during the tenure of President Viktor Yanukovych. Well, why did he do that? You see, Mr. Rosenstein didn't have the authority to do that. I'm sure that if this, these judges are liberals, they'll cobble together an argument that comports with what the prosecutors want. I'm telling you, from an analytical point of view, that the deputy attorney general did not have the power to supersede the power of the Attorney General in areas where the Attorney General has not recused himself. Mr. Rosenstein was not was not appointed the Attorney General of the United States. He was not confirmed as the Attorney General of the United States. And he can't try and exploit the Attorney General's recusal. And I would go this far. And I'll get to Thomas Friedman, don't worry. I would go this far. I hope the Attorney General of the United States realizes that the Deputy Attorney General has, in many respects, seized his authority. Manafort and his former business partner, Rick Gates, were indicted in October on money laundering and fraud charges related to his work for the former Ukrainian president between 2005 and 2014. Gates has since pleaded guilty in the case and is cooperating with Mueller's investigators. See, there's no way, no way Mueller should be free to roam in those areas where the Attorney General of the United States has not recused himself. Manafort, who had not seen the Rosenstein memo before Monday's court filing, argued that Rosenstein's appointment of the special counsel violated the Justice Department's regulations regarding special counsels by failing to confine the scope of the special counsel's jurisdiction. Again, for the fourth time maybe, not just confine the scope of his jurisdiction under department rules, 
but under the Attorney General's recusal. Again, Rosenstein is restricted on what he can do. Mueller argues in the court filing that the original authorization granted authority to investigate Manafort's pre-campaign lobbying activities. Well, it shouldn't have, should it? Did the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Session, recuse himself on pre-campaign activities? No, he did not. The investigation would naturally look into any interaction that Manafort may have had before and during the campaign to plumb motives and opportunities to coordinate and to expose possible channels for supercilious communications. Excuse me, surreptitious communications. I'm not wearing my glasses. Now, that said, that is an after-the-fact justification. That is not a, a legitimate argument. It's not a legitimate argument. You don't have the authority to plumb the motives and opportunities that existed before the campaign, which has nothing to do with Russia. Well, you don't understand. The president of the Ukraine had ties to Russia. Okay, and they're, and they're off to the races. But we can see the charges, the charges at least that we are aware of against Manafort, and many of the charges have nothing to do with the Russians and nothing to do with the campaign, and do not plumb anything. Mueller also asserted that the payments from the Ukrainian government has factual links to Russian persons and Russian-associated political actors. So what? So what? Links to Russian persons and Russian-associated political actors? Do you see anything in here about collusion? Do you see anything in here about interfering with our election? No. The fact that somebody's Russian by ethnicity, by citizenship, by whatever, that's not the test. Manafort was paid millions of dollars by a political party affiliated with Yanukovych, a close ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Mueller's indictment against Manafort alleges that he illegally laundered uh, some of the money through shell companies. Again, what does that have to do with Russian collusion or Russian interference with the election? Nothing. So unlike all the other media, including some of the uh, conservative media, to me, what Mueller's filing does is underscore the point that so much of this really was not within Rosenstein's jurisdiction to confer upon the special counsel. Special counsel never having been confirmed by the Senate and Rosenstein having been confirmed by the Senate, not to usurp the authority of the attorney general, but as the deputy attorney general for in very rare circumstances and unusual circumstances to act as the acting attorney general for matters of recusal. Attorney General Sessions did not recuse himself. I don't believe his recusal letter said that the... uh, that Mr. Rosenstein can take over and plumb all kinds of activities to see if there's any connections with a Russian or a Russian politician. And now we have this from the Wall Street Journal. Special Counsel Mueller has asked questions about the work of a private consulting firm that has undertaken projects for the United Arab Emirates According to people familiar with the investigation, we call those prosecutors, suggesting his probe is looking more deeply at foreign influence in Washington. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
Did the deputy attorney general authorize the special counsel to look into foreign influence in Washington and again further usurp the authority of the attorney general? That's the attorney general's job. The questions by Mueller's team concern a private consulting firm, Wikistrat, as well as two of its co-founders, Joel Zamel and Daniel Green. Wikistrat, who was founded, uh, which w- was founded in Israel in 2010 and today is based in Washington, bills itself as a crowdsourced consulting firm that draws on a large network of experts to help analyze geopolitical problems on behalf of corporate clients and governments. Mark Mukasey, a lawyer for Messrs. Zamel and Green and Wikistrat, said his clients aren't a focus of the probe. Well, they're being smeared. They're being smeared in the media. What is Mr. Mueller doing in the United Arab Emirates? What, what is that all about? Where's the Attorney General of the United States? He needs to take his power back. He needs to put Mr. Rosenstein back in his cage. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, it's tax season, and for Russ and his wife, tax season brings even more anxiety over their unpaid taxes and what the IRS could do to them. Twice his wife suggested they get expert advice, and twice Russ refused. For one, they owed thousands to the IRS, and they didn't have the money to pay. And Russ was afraid that even asking advice could trigger an IRS action. Now, if you can relate to Russ, you need to call Optima Tax Relief right now. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people. People with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. Which is how they've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. And rest assured, when you call Optima to explore all the ways they can help solve your IRS problems, your call is shielded and completely confidential. Call Optima Tax Relief. 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, that's 800-499-6300. I would not wait another second. And these folks are the best. They're experts, they're professional, they're experienced with the IRS. Some of them come right out of the IRS. You shouldn't wait any longer. It's already April. 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. Thomas Friedman. Thomas Friedman. So in the morning schmo, which is a freak show, I admit it's a freak show. And he is trashing the president of the United States. Cut 10, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. And then we have the Mueller investigation. I believe the Mueller investigation, when it is finally um, you know, put on the table before us, will trigger some form of constitutional crisis. Well, I, I believe it will trigger not necessarily a constitutional crisis, but a constitutional confrontation. We're already in a constitutional crisis because so much of what goes on with the federal government is post-constitutional. And people who don't care about most, most of the Constitution anyway, including the Second Amendment, it really is precious to hear them talk about a constitutional crisis. People like Thomas Friedman. Now, all that said, this is what they want. Go ahead. 
what it's going to find about the president, whether it's collusion, whether it's financial impropriety. I have no idea what it's going to find. But and he doesn't fi- give a damn. That Mueller is off to the races outside the Constitution. All he cares about is that Mueller say something about obstruction, collusion, financial. Keep again in mind, he's a rogue prosecutor. He's not a judge. He's not a jury. He doesn't have the final say. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is a prosecutor they like. They didn't like Ken Starr, but they like Mueller. Go ahead. It's going to trigger a constitutional crisis. And I think one reason, this is my guess, that Barack Obama and George W. Bush have both been staying out of the political fray, uh, despite all the attacks on them uh, from Trump, is because they understand they are going to have to come together in the face of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Obama and Bush are going to come together? What, what does this have to do with anything? Obama used to trash Bush. Bush didn't say anything. So Bush and Obama are going to come together as a result of the constitutional crisis. This guy has quite an imagination. And what are they going to do? Go ahead. That's in our, uh, in our future and stand up for the Constitution. It's going to have to be done in a bipartisan way um, by two ex-presidents. Okay, so uh, this guy, this is what he wants. And, of course, Obama standing up for the Constitution, that is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Now, what else did Thomas Friedman have to say on the morning schmo, which you don't watch, and I don't blame you? Cut 11, go. John, I feel uh, more strongly than ever um, uh, in everything that's happened in the last six weeks that the biggest threat to our democracy is sitting in the Oval Office. Um, we, have a, we have a president who's a disturbed person. Um, uh, uh, this kind of tweeting, uh, this kind of um, overthrowing or throwing overboard, excuse me, um, all these cabinet secretaries at once, um, this is not normal behavior. Are you kidding me? We've had presidents in the past who have fired almost their entire cabinet and brought in new people. This has nothing to do with whether somebody is a disturbed person or not. It's incredible. I think Thomas Friedman's a disturbed person. What do you think about that? You can throw these phrases around? It's not normal behavior? Go ahead. If this man were running a Fortune 500 company, the board of directors would have thrown him out long ago. The board of directors in this case is the Republican. All right, thanks for nothing. The board of directors of a Fortune 500 company would have thrown him out a long time ago. They would have thrown out a lot of presidents a long time ago. The people elected Donald Trump. This has nothing to do with the board or anything else. I mean, we have executives and companies that hire all kinds of nut jobs, like MSNBC and NBC as an example. What kind of a network would hire Joe Scarborough and his soon-to-be wife, Mika Brzezinski? What kind of network would hire Rachel Maddow, left-wing kook? What kind of network would hire this... Chris Matthews with the spittle dripping down his chin onto his loafers. What kind of network would hire any of these nuts? And what kind of network would put this Thomas Friedman out front like this? He's here. He's here. Now, Rod 
Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Wow, man, we have... We have covered a lot, and so I think it's time, Mr. Producer, to uh, speak to the people. We've had a full board, actually, since I started the program, so let's jump in. Let's start with somebody who disagrees with me. Chris, Charlestown, West Virginia, the great WMAL. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. You know, I've been I've been listening to you the last couple of days about Amazon and I'm I'm a, I'm a small business owner that sells on Amazon, and I, I think there's a couple of things that you may have not have known. Um, we've been selling on Amazon since 2008, and when we started, Amazon was not even a uh, competitor in our category. So they allowed us to list our products and um, you know go into all all the details, uh, and they charged us a 15% commission charge for all the orders. Well, about two two years into it, they used their AI systems to identify our, our best-selling products, uh, our fastest-moving products, and then they began to compete themselves. And and then they what, what are the products, to, sir? Uh, I'll just say appliance parts and accessories. Well, why don't you be specific? It's not like you're selling national security secrets. <laughs> uh, vacuum cleaner parts and accessories. So okay. uh, they opened it up to manufacturers, so now manufacturers can log they, in. They opened up what the manufacturers, that people can sell on Amazon, manufacturers? Manufacturers can sell directly to the customer and have it through the smoke screen of it being sold by Amazon. So it's Well, that's not a smoke screen. That is a sales avenue. No, it's being shipped directly from the manufacturers okay. to Amazon. So they're okay. uh, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. They they that that you know took a little bit out of our margin. Our products have a, a, a substantial margin that we can Do you manufacture that. these products? No, I I am a reseller. So I buy them from the manufacturer. And who do you sell them to? The end user or do you sell them to others? The end user. So you sell them to people like me. Yes, sir. Okay. So I didn't even have a problem with that. Um, what they have done recently that I do have a problem with is that they have opened up their marketplace to allow Chinese-based sellers to sell and compete with me directly on listings that I've created. So they've stolen my listing and my content that I've Who created. Who stole your listing? Who stole your listing? The Chinese sellers in China. They stole your that listing. They are absolutely getting a subsidy from the United States <clears throat> Sir, you're throwing a lot against the wall here. So Amazon's getting a subsidy from the United States Postal Service. The Chinese are now coming into Amazon and selling and undercutting your price. While the Chinese, therefore, could be undercutting your price if you're a retailer with a brick-and-mortar store, too, right? So let's get that off the table. That has nothing to do with the post office. Hold on now. Uh, On top of that, what you're saying is Amazon stole your proprietary information? Is that what you're saying? No, sir. No, sir. I'm saying that the Chinese sellers 
are jumped onto the product content. Wait a minute. Let's do one, one, one unfair thing at a time. You said Amazon did something to you. What did Amazon exactly do to you? No, I, I, Amazon has not done anything directly to us. I'm saying they've allowed the Chinese sellers... So you just spent three minutes saying Amazon took something from you. I'm trying to figure out what it no, is. I, I'm, say, I'm saying that they have allowed Chinese sellers in China to uh, come onto their marketplace and compete. It's an international site. Well, I mean... eBay so, is an international site. So... Etsy is an international site. You have no problem with them completely... It's not a matter of what I have a problem with, sir. The world doesn't get to respond to my problems or my, my claims and, and so forth and so on. These are international sites. If people want to buy things from overseas, they can buy things from overseas. As long as people know what they're buying and where they're coming from. Well, that's what I'm saying, that uh, the Chinese sellers have a, 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 a subsidy from the U.S. Post Office. Amazon no, they don't. Not, but the How do they have a subsidy from the U.S. Post Office? I'm sorry? How do they have a subsidy from the U.S. Post Office? There was a report <clears throat> that showed that Chinese sellers were sending trinkets and, and non-valuable things to American buyers to get feedback on Alibaba and other... All right, thanks for your uh, call. I, I can't follow all this conspiracy stuff. I just can't. They're getting subsidies from the post office. What's that have to do with Chinese sending stuff through Alibaba? Are you following this, Rich? So the first three minutes, Amazon did something to him, and I went back to try and figure it out, and then I, it's not Amazon. It's the Chinese. Okay, the Chinese are selling vacuum cleaner parts and undercutting them. And I said, well, it's an international site. And uh, as long as people know where these things are coming from, what do I care? Well, they don't, because they sell through Alibaba. Well, Alibaba's Chinese. But it was too convoluted. I just, uh, you know, if I can't follow it within the first five, five, six, seven minutes, then I got, I got to move along. I will tell you this. Everybody who's not doing as well as they think they should be doing thinks there's a reason in many cases other than themselves. Maybe it's the product. I don't know. Do people buy vacuum cleaner parts? I don't. I get a new vacuum cleaner. They're cheap enough. Do you buy vacuum cleaner parts, Rich? I wouldn't know what to do with these parts. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I just don't think they're in high demand these days, given the how prices have come down. Okay, let's see here. It's depressing, this whole Amazon thing, because we have people calling, and there's another one up there about, you know, uh, how it undermines Americans and undermines this and undermines that. It's the most successful company in the United States. If it was undermining Americans, why would people use it? Here's another one. Stacy, Christianburg, Virginia, XM Satellite. Go ahead. Hi, Mr. Lillian. I own a store. And I also sell on Amazon. But there's some details that what are not do you being sell? filled in. I sell toys. You sell toys? Okay. Yes, I sell toys. And I've sold on Amazon for about four years. Toys R Us used to sell toys, and they went out of business. Right. But that's because of the, I sell specialty toys. So, What uh, kind of specialty more, toys? Go ahead and tell everybody. Uh, well, I sell Melissa and Doug. I sell Lego. I sell uh, companies like Play Monster. 
um, I sell. Those are specialty? I'm just curious. Lego. I've had Lego since I was like eight years old. Yeah, but a specialty toy business is different. You know, we, we are a local store. We had two locations. But the, the whole Amazon system, I had exact examples of how they are getting a special deal from the post office. Tell um, me. Yeah. Okay, here's an example. So as a seller, I recently sent a priority mail package. I purchased my postage through stamps.com. That priority mail package cost me $19 to send it to the, the person. They got it. They decided they didn't want it on the Amazon system. What they do is they're allowed to go get a return label that charges me for the label. Even though the Amazon has the weights and measures, they only paid $6 to return the same package that cost me $19. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Amazon pays $6 for the return package, but charges you the, the full amount. Yes, they charge me $6. So what happens is when the person... No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Them, you said they, it cost them $6. Well, what happens is Amazon, they pay me for the shipment when I first ship the product. If I pay $19 and only charge $6 for shipping, which is what I did, um, the 13 comes out of my profit. So what happened is, is when the customer gets it back, they go into their order history, they ask to return the product, Amazon automatically gives them a prepaid label, and depending on the reason for the return, I may either pay the, the cost of the shipment back or the consumer. So it comes out of the return. But that makes right. sense. Okay. Let's right. say, and I'm not talking about you personally, let's say that somebody sold something to somebody and it wasn't what they were supposed to get or it wasn't to their expectations. If it's a retail store, they bring it back, and you have to hire help to handle it, an employee or so forth, or the owner has to handle it. And here what Amazon is saying, hey, look, we're going to determine whether it's really the customer's responsibility, a.k.a. fault, or the seller's. And we'll make that determination, and whomever it is, we'll pay the bill. Well, technically that's not how it works. I mean, what well, that's do, what you they, just said. Well, hang on a second. What happens is, let's say you as a consumer says it's defective. 90% of the time, they're not defective. People are scanning the system. Oh, okay. Now, no, wait a minute. Maybe that's true. But if I'm running a $40 billion company, or if I'm running a $4 billion company, or if I'm running a $4 company, I've got to make that determination as best I can. Every case can't wind up in front of a, grand, in front of a, a jury. No, that's, right? that's not the point. We're, we're kind of getting off track here. So I'm not getting is, off track at all. You're the one who brought up 90% no, I, of the people are scanning, here, right? Wait a minute. That package cost me nineteen dollars to send on USPS priority mail. How can Amazon get a label and send the same package back to me for six dollars from California? I don't know. I, I would have to I'm find out. Commercial plus plus pricing. We're getting the lowest pricing available through stamps.com. And what are you being charged? Nineteen dollars and some change. But when, when No, no, no. When the package comes back. I'm being charged the same thing that Amazon purchased. So you're being charged for. six bucks. Right. And I don't have a problem with that. It's a great deal for, for me if it's my fault. Okay. So, sir, you're being charged six bucks, not nineteen ninety nine or whatever it is, correct? Right. So exactly. what's your gripe? What I'm saying is, is that Amazon has gotten a special perk. We can't send anything priority mail. So why doesn't the post office stop them? Well, that's the point. That's the point. No, it's not the point. I said, why doesn't the post office stop them? 
I don't know because well, I do. Amazon has got a huge leverage. Sir, sir, sir. Try and follow my question, will you? Why do you think the post office is doing this? They want volume. Because they make money. They make money, but they're losing money. And why are you whining about it when you pay the same exact amount? Sir, now it's my turn. Why are you whining about it when you're paying the same exact amount that Amazon is for the return, six bucks? No, I'm not whining about that. That's a good deal. That's a good deal for me as a seller if someone sends something back and I have to pay for it. What I'm saying is, is why does Amazon get to send it back for $6? I'll tell you why, sir. I'll tell you why. Because they're sending millions and millions of packages. And it makes a huge difference to a bankrupt post office. That's why. And if you were sending millions and millions of packages, they'd probably do the same thing for you. It's called volume buying. If I go online and I want to buy 200 of one thing, I might get 20% off. If I want to buy one, I may not get anything off. Now, you're a businessman, correct? If I come into your store and I say, I want to buy 500 of those whatever's nozzles that go on the vacuum cleaner as opposed to two, and I want a special deal, you're going to give me a special deal? Of course. Of course. Thanks for your call. Yes, of course. I'll be right back. Mark in. idea, Mr. President. Why don't you privatize the post office? Hit it! That would fix it. It's like going into a a tire store where they say, you know, you buy four tires, but actually you buy three and we'll give you one for free. Well, that's not fair. Why not? Well, because I'm selling Four tires, and I'm charging for each one. Okay, well, I'm going to buy the other one. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's just really quite depressing, quite frankly. Retail, brick stores, being hurt. People selling on Amazon claim they're being hurt by Amazon. Being hurt by the Chinese. Being hurt by other states. This one should be taxed. This one shouldn't be taxed. This guy should be regulated. The other guy shouldn't be regulated. He should only be able to do business in the United States. But he can't just do business in the United States. See, this is why we have a private sector in capitalism. These things sort themselves out. So when politicians get involved, they're not noble people. They put their finger on the scale for their constituent groups or people who they want to be part of their constituency. The Postal Service is losing a ton of money. A ton of money. And most of it is because of first-class mail. And the first-class mail volume is down. You, will know, you know why the first-class mail volume is down? Do you know why, Mr. Producer? We have what's called email. Documents are signed over, over uh, through email. People send uh, birthday cards via email. There's all kind of email businesses going on out there, internet businesses. Well, I guess we got to 
We got to kill that. That's not fair. Look what it's doing. It's a hallmark. Look what it's doing, the first class mail. Do you see the post office is indirectly then subsidizing email? I mean, it's so ridiculous. We, the taxpayers, subsidizing everyone for everything. Everyone for everything. So first class mail volume is in the tank because of email. Most people don't have landlines anymore for their telephones. Particularly younger people, they only have their cell phones. Well, what does that do to the people who lay landlines? Well, doesn't make it easy now, does it? Well, then, we got to limit cell phones. And by the way, many of them are coming in from overseas, for God's sakes. Really? And you should see the unfair practices they're using. People signing up for contracts, and if they sign up for long contracts, they get a break. Can you believe that? Oh, they do? Yeah. Funny thing about new technology and things that people want. Funny thing. I can imagine where we'd be today if this mindset had set hold before the Industrial Revolution. What the hell is this oil stuff? I'm in the horse and buggy business. That's not fair. Putting people out of business, horse and buggies? And what are these cars? Can't have cars? Can you imagine all the people being put out of business if we if we manufacture cars? And what's with this electricity? It's electricity. Can you imagine all the people putting out of business involved in Petro? Oh, come on, folks. I'll be right back. Conservative. No ifs, ands, or buts. Call in at 877-381-3811. Okie dokie. I'm looking for something here. Give me one second. Here it comes, Rich. Ladies and gentlemen, sure, you could have surgery to look younger. Why on earth would you do that? Have you ever seen these actors and actresses that have this facial surgery and they have it over and over again? And they wind up looking like John Kerry. Mashed potato faces. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you could have surgery to look younger, but why on earth would you do that? Listen to Joanne from Connecticut. My husband looks 10 years younger using Genesel. He saw results the first day he used it. I've also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. Now imagine the bags and puffiness under your eyes, gone. Genesel by Chamonix is an easy choice. Genesel contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's as simple as that. In fact, with immediate effects, you'll see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours of your money back. Guaranteed. Now is the perfect time to try Chamonix's brand new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, sagging eyelids. Order Genesel today. And get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. Now, I want to tell you something. We were in West Virginia over the weekend because my buddy Teddy and his wife, well, that's where they moved. That's where he practices now. 
And that's one of the Passover uh, seders that we had. And uh, Teddy was looking great. And I said to Teddy, Teddy, why do you look so great? You enjoy your new home, your new surroundings? He said, I do. But then he shows me, he brings to me his container of Genesel. Of Genesel. Chamonix. And I've told you about this many, many times before. So I want you to order Genesel today. Get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. By the way, that's a true story. It's a true story. Call now and express shipping is also absolutely free. So go to 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. And Teddy is a heart doctor. I mean, he's, he's no schlub. And he loves it. Absolutely loves it. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Well, check my email. Uh-oh. It's not a tax notice, is it? No, there's a story I wanted to get to here. And this is in the Washington Compost. It just came out. Just came out. Mueller told Trump's attorneys the president remains under investigation, but is not currently a criminal target. Did you know that the president is under investigation? I didn't know the president was under investigation. Did you? But don't worry, he's not a criminal target yet. You know, folks, this is the the greatest sham in modern history. This phony collusion and interference stuff. They're finding the thinnest threads, threads and connections they possibly can to suggest that during the campaign there was this grand scheme with the Russians. I mean, Trump is duking it out with Vladimir Putin like Hillary Clinton never would or could, like Barack Obama never would or could, or any of the rest of them. And I might add, like Robert Mueller never did. Robert Mueller never duped it out with the Russians himself. Any more than Comey. Interfering in our elections. Where the hell was Mueller when he was the FBI director? But don't worry, Trey Gowdy's all behind him. Right, Trey? Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller III. (laughs) Where's the second and the first? Well, I, I shouldn't ask Informed President Trump's attorneys last month he is continuing to investigate the president but does not consider him a criminal target at this point according to three people familiar with the discussions. Now this is how the phony media cover up for Mueller and his staff. Well, three people can't all be Democrat prosecutors, can they? This prosecutor's office leaks and leaks and leaks In private negotiations in early March about a possible presidential interview, Mueller described Trump as a subject of his investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 election. This is a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Prosecutors view someone as a subject when the person is engaged in conduct that is under investigation. But there's not sufficient evidence to bring charges. 
I'm disgusted. The special counsel also told Trump's lawyers, look, look how they leak. That he's preparing a report about the president's actions while in office and potential obstruction of justice, according to two people with knowledge of the conversations. Here you go. Here you go. An impeachment report. Now, a prosecutor is not supposed to put any kind of a report together. He does his talking in court. He does his, his talking in court filings. Unbelievable what's taking place here. Absolutely unbelievable. Let me repeat this. The special counsel also told Trump's lawyers he's preparing a report about the president's actions while in office and potential obstruction of justice, according to two people with knowledge of conversations. Mueller reiterated the need to interview Trump. Now, wait a minute. Why does he need to interview Trump if he's already putting together a report? Preparing a report about the president's actions while in office and potential obstruction of justice. Now, we need to interview Trump, he said, both to understand whether he had any corrupt intent to thwart the Russian investigation and to complete this portion of his probe, the people said. So now the president of the United States is under investigation by Jim Comey's buddy. Because he dared to fire Comey. Because the president of the United States is exercising his presidential powers. Let me tell you folks something. I don't care if you agree with anything Trump has done or not. I don't. But this is over the top. This is about the republic. This is about the republic. This is a Soviet-style witch hunt, and I am not kidding. Nobody's charged with collusion, because there is no such crime. There's no specific evidence of, of interference in the election in terms of collusion and conspiring with the Russians. Oh, they can point to this meeting. Oh, this guy met with that Russian and that guy met with him and he used to be a spy and on and on and on. I told you before, this guy Mueller, he's not interested in pursuing the truth. He hasn't pursued Hillary Clinton or the DNC or Fusion GPS or the law firm that laundered the uh, contributions. He's not interested in what the FBI did in FISA. He's not investigating interference in this election. He's investigating Republicans, and he's investigating Trump. And there it is, leaked tonight to the Washington Compost. He's going to put out a report? He doesn't have authority to put out a report. He's a prosecutor. Put out a report? What, he's a judge? He's going to write an opinion? Leak, leak, leak. Trump's chief counsel, Jay Sekulow, and Dowd, John Dowd, Trump's top attorney dealing with Mueller probe. That is, Dowd resigned last month amid disputes about strategy and frustration. The president ignored his advice to refuse the special counsel's request for an interview, according to a Trump friend. Mr. President, you may not have liked Mr. Dowd, but if you do an interview... With Mr. Mueller, who already, already has decided what he's going to write about you, you're very foolish. Very foolish. 
Now, Trump's chief counsel, Jay Sekulow, and Dow declined to comment for this report. White House Press Secretary Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders referred questions to White House Attorney Ty Cobb. Thank you, but I don't discuss communications with the president or the office of special counsel, Cobb said. Peter Carr, a spokesman for the special counsel's office, declined to comment. Of course he did. That's their cover. They leak, and then they decline to comment when they're asked to comment. That's pretty clever. The wide-ranging special counsel investigation, which began as an examination of Russia's interference in the 2016 election, has expanded into other areas, including whether Trump sought to obstruct the probe. I am telling you, this is absolutely incredible. Mueller's investigators have indicated to the president's legal team that they are considering writing reports on their findings in stages, with the first report focused on the obstruction issue, according to two people briefed on the discussions. Yeah, they want to affect the midterm elections. Under special counsel regulations, Mueller is required to report his conclusions confidentially to the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, who has the authority to decide whether to release the information. No, no, no. They're going to write it up for the purpose of leaking it. They've said they want to write a report on this to answer the public's questions, and they need the president's interview as the last step. One person familiar with the discussion said of Mueller's team. Trump's attorneys expect the president would also face questions about what he knew about contacts by his associates with Russian officials and emissaries in 2016, several White House advisors said. President allies believe a second report detailing the special counsel's finding on Russia's interference would be issued later. The president has privately expressed relief at the description of his legal status, which has increased his determination to agree to a special counsel interview, the people said. He's repeatedly told allies that he's not a target of the probe, believes an interview will help him put the matter behind him, friends said. But legal experts said Mueller's description of Trump as a subject of a grand jury probe does not mean he's in the clear, and I agree. Under Justice Department guidelines, a subject of an investigation is a person whose conduct falls within the scope of a grand jury's investigation. A target is a person for which there is substantial evidence linking him or her to a crime. A subject could become a target with his or her own testimony, legal experts warn. And Mr. President, you saw what they did to General Flynn. Quote, if I were president, I would be very reluctant to think I'm off the hook, said Keith Whittingham, a professor of politics at Princeton University and an impeachment expert. My sense of it is the president, he says, given that information, ought to have pretty fair warning. Anything he's saying in the deposition would be legally consequential. Depending on what he says, it could wind up changing how the special counsel is thinking about him. See, here's the problem. This is a setup. I want you to listen very, very carefully to me. This is a, a typical setup. This guy Mueller has pinched all these nobodies, pretty much, all these nobodies to uh, confess to uh, lower forms of criminal activity. Obstructing his investigation, false statements, whatever, whatever. And they have pled. And basically, he's told them, okay, now I'm hanging this over your head. I need you to tell me what I need you to tell me. Tell me about Trump. Tell me about Trump. Tell me about Trump. Maybe they had a conversation. Maybe they made a statement. Maybe they didn't do anything of the sort, but they think they did. And now you have them all lined up, and the president testifies, and they ask the president questions. He feels there's no problem, and they say, look at this. 
Trump's testimony and Gates' testimony don't comport. Gates remembers telling Trump X, and Trump doesn't even bring it up. He says he never did. Now he's a criminal target. Did he make a false statement to prosecutors? Now he's a criminal target. Every lawyer who's litigated knows the old rule. It's also the new rule. It's the everyday rule. You never come out of a deposition, if you're the deponent, better than when you went in. One more time. You never come out of a deposition better than when you went into it. And so this is an impeachment setup. I've said that since day one. I said it since the day after the election that they're going to seek to impeach this man. And these leaks tell you what, what's going on. This is really grotesque. Absolutely disgusting. Over what? Over nothing. The administration that failed to stop the Russians is the Obama administration. The administration unmasking Americans and leaking their names to the media. The Obama administration. The administration lying to the FISA court by withholding material information. The Obama administration. The administration that used a dossier that involved Russian surrogates of Putin. The Obama administration. And here we have Trump, the victim of all of this. Having this hanging over his head. I want you to listen to me. This is very important. This is a crucially important article because it tells you exactly what they're up to and it confirms what I've been telling you for over a year. This is a leak directly out of the prosecutor's office, among others. I'll be right back. Lovin. You know, I'm going to a, a marathon. I'm not running in it, for crying out loud. I'm going in a marath- to a marathon over the weekend. You know why I'm going, Mr. Producer? To watch my favorite marathon runner. P.S. Runner. Have you ever heard of P.S. Runner? Famous runner. P.S. Runner. Great runner. I mean, I can't even get into it. I, I, it'll get embarrassing. You know, I love a company like Casper that believes in its mattress so much that they're giving you 100 nights to try it in your own home. That's just one reason. Another is how its unique combination of foams provides the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. They also ship for free in a how-do-they-do-that-size box. And if you don't love it, they'll come pick it up and give you a full refund. But you will love it. I love mine. We love all six of them. The dogs love theirs, too. Oh, yeah. They have special mattresses for dogs. Now, when the choice is to test a mattress by sleeping on it for over three months in your own home or trying one for a few minutes in a store where some guy's slobbering all over you, it's a no-brainer. Take Casper's 100-night sleep challenge, and you're guaranteed to get a great night's sleep every night like I do on my Casper. Now, maybe you're saying... You know, my mattress is pretty good. It's not good enough. Take it off the bed and lean it up against the wall and get your Casper. You have nothing to lose. And right now, when you go to Casper.com slash Mark, Casper.com slash Mark, and then you need to use code Mark, 
That's a double mark. You'll save $50 on select mattresses. That's code mark at casper.com slash mark and save 50 bucks on select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. I'm not kidding. It's the greatest mattress I've ever had. And I'm not kidding. So you go to casper.com slash mark code mark. This piece I read to you out of the Washington Compost, you'll notice these are liberal news outlets. Liberal news outlets. That's how you know where the leaks are coming from and the way in which they phrase it and try and hide it. This is enormous amount of detailed information. It does not serve Trump's lawyers one iota to provide this information to the media. It only helps Mueller as they're trying to position themselves. They're trying to lay the groundwork, lay the foundation for what they plan to do, which is diabolical. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll see you tomorrow, and that includes you, WABC in New York. Check out Levin TV. God bless.